When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to beautiful, sunny Southern California. I better have a good one out there. Be smart in the pits. We'll be there at the end. Have a good day here. I'll be there when I count. We're picking our way through the field here. Fine. We've got a fast car. We'll get through a long race. Five wide now, Jones. Here's a California tradition of five wide to salute the fans before we go green. Let's race for the checker. Green, go green. Reddick's pretty fast running the wall. He's the only one doing it. Many up there, just the eight. Be smart about it. Risk first reward. Super loose with the back. I got no control with the back. Somebody gets in front of me and snaps tight. Lock it down. Rudder's right if you have to. All right, get it rolling. Keep it rolling here, especially if the tires are down. Engine temps were hot. I don't know why. Get through it on the grill. My job to keep you calm here. Just keep being smart. Take care of it. We don't want to lead them all. We're going to blow it up or we come and fix it. What the f are we doing? Come and fix it. Oh, car on the wall. Got the wall pretty good in there. Just take it easy. Ball way to go here. Feel it out. Uh, what's spinning here? Hang on to it. Yeah, I don't know. Something broke. Really hard to concentrate. I I don't know what's going on. Something's just wrong with my feet. My freaking left leg's asleep. I can't feel it. Hold on, just stay up, stay up, stay up. I might be broke. I don't know. Good for Let me know if you feel something. Let's bring it to your first stage win here. California zone, Tyler Reddick. All right, man, right back in rhythm. Restart zone here. Hang on to it. Well, what's this guy? He's high. Go low, go low, go low. Everybody takes evasive action. It's spinning tires. Painful. Yeah, not a banner day here. Alex Bowman got into the back of Austin Sindrick there. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is, that's my fault, my bad. Dougie, you Tommy, what the f*** you doing? Bitch. Caution, 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 going into fans. Trying to hold it up there. Higher down there. Yep. Sorry, man, keep the 5T here at the start. Green flag, back in the air. Clear one lane, one outside only, one outside only, one outside only. Clear right up out of quick, 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 quick. We got a spinner. Oh, and around goes Kozlowski. Holy Yeah, you need a diaper or some rags in there? Goodness. Nine laps to go in stage number two. Five tight with you, 43 has no help with him right now. He's got a tighter push, he's got no help. Outside, outside. Tyler Reddick, well, he just tossed his Chevrolet into turn one. It's good enough for the lead. Good stage win, number two. Doing a nice job taking us out of that hole from last week. We need some stage points, and Tyler Reddick and company did it. I feel like I'm the one tight. like to get a little bit closer to neutral. 10 homie. We're we'll making an air pressure adjustment. Done a great job, man. Just keep that thing clean. Let's keep racing hard. Keep it up front. Copy that. Green flag out. Tyler Reddick, Eric Jones. Tyler Reddick's gonna inch out. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Oh, trouble! One car slides and saves. No caution. 
What has happened to Tyler Reddick? Picking up a slight vibration. Got tire down, guys. Tire down. Try to keep it off the wall. Check up. Heartbreak for Tyler Reddick. And now William Byron gets turned. Breck. Me and the 24 got each other. All right, guys. Well, just when you think you know who is going to victory lane. Ready. Green, green, green. All rolling here. On you, still there. Bumper. You're clear. Larson inside. Trouble turn two. Keselowski. Big wreck off the two guys. We might be done here. Yeah, we're done. Somebody got me on the left rear and just bumped me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Bubba. Yeah. Uh, six, sorry. Just lost the nose. Like that all day. Here we go. Battle for the lead. Sign's gonna go into the push. Three wide bottom, three wide bottom. Side outside, outside. Look at this! Whoa! Stupid. Well, it'll be an interesting radioactive on race up this week, that's for sure. Damn it, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know he was there. <laughs> broke again. The blue and white Chevy and Kyle Larson in front. Good words here. Some words here in the last half. Chase Elliott, it finally came around on him. I fell head you away. It'll be four laps to go. Down to the bottom goes Logano. 322 coming with the big run going three wide here. Three wide here in the middle. Inside 99, inside. Here comes a run. 43, still on you here. Still on you, whatever you need. Still on you. Clear up, clear up, clear up, clear up, clear up. Come on. Off the corner. Here comes Kyle Larson. And at the line. Larson by a car length. The white flag waves. One to go. Wreck it behind you here. Still green, still green. Kyle Larson right keeps that surfboard trophy in California. Good job today, guys. Hard work, man. You too, man. Excellent job. That was a team effort all day long. Ups and downs in the game. We fought hard. Good job. was Fontana's Radioactive, courtesy of Fox Sports and NASCAR on Fox. Hey everyone, I'm Dawn Hall. Welcome to another episode of Track Smack. Welcome Mike Haig from RacedaySA.com. How are you? I'm doing great, Dawn, and uh, it's been a great week. We came off a great race at California, and now we're going to Las Vegas, and uh, I'm watching the trucks as we speak, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm just excited about this weekend. I think it's going to be another great weekend of racing with all three series at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I'm battling a bunch of allergies. Something blew in over overnight. Pardon me for the coughing and, and uh, all the other stuff i got going on. It's You know, it's that time of year. It's, it's March, and it's windy, and everything's starting to bloom, and there goes my seasonal allergies again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always something, I swear. So I sound like I'm all nasally, and I explained to you earlier why. So no, I wasn't like snorting lines or anything. I just <laughs> got sick earlier. I'm still I'm three months out from uh, having gastric bypass surgery, and it's like learning to eat all over again. And I have not figured out yet how to like tell if I'm full it's like I don't feel full so I take a bite of something and then in the middle of like the bite all of a sudden it hits me oh my god I'm full so then that bite has gone down and that's usually like 
all it takes to set off, then you have to run and get sick. So anyway, hey, welcome to the show. That's a great way to introduce folks to the show. So, uh, but no, we'll take care of coughs and stuff. That's why I we have editing, right? That's cool. right. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we can't insert and make it sound like we know what we're talking about right now. So <laughs> well, that's, that's true. Sometimes you, we need that button or that tool or technique to be able to do that <laughs> yeah that would be nice but no i'm watching the truck race uh just like you so we'll keep an eye on the truck race it's friday evening for those folks that haven't figured that out yet so um we're gonna i'm gonna try mike i really i was gonna talk to you about this off the air before but I, well, hey why not talk about it now well let's start trying to record we'll go back to trying to record like on wednesdays that way i can try to get this out before you know before friday or saturday but and then too it gives us a chance that if we do don't get it done on Wednesday. Well, we still have Thursday and Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we have a cushion there, but well, Fontana. Okay. So we're going to be in Vegas this week. We'll, we'll get to all of that, but we've got so much stuff from Fontana, lots of audio. You heard a little bit of stuff there in the radioactive. Uh, you heard a lot of beep, 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 beep. That was a uh, chase Elliott getting beat quite a bit. Guess what? We don't do beeps on track smack. Uh, only when that's all that they give us. Well, uh, we got some dandy little uncensored radio active, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, and, and we're going to play that here in a little bit. So you'll you'll get to hear what good old Chase had to, <laughs> was really uh, expressing about Kyle Larson during the race. Um, we've got audio from him, from folks from Hendrick Motorsports that were trying to, I guess, play principal and and keep everybody calm and stuff we've got uh audio from kyle larson tyler reddick uh daniel suarez uh austin dillon lots of stuff coming up we're going to talk a little bit about ukraine here on the show but um how racing is interacting and being involved as far as the conflict going on between ukraine and russia we'll we'll talk a little bit about that as well and then we'll give our picks and Kind of preview a little bit, too. We had, we're off from IndyCar until they come here to Texas. I know, you know, over all the years, Mike, that we've covered IndyCar, I know I've asked the drivers this several times, but I don't think they've, have they always been off that long after their first race at St. Pete? Have they been off for like three weeks? It seems like to me they have. There's been a gap before because I think we've talked about it. You know, here we are, we kick off the IndyCar season and then there's a, a gap in the schedule. Um, but this is the earliest that they've been at Texas in a long time. You know, the, the race has traditionally been in the summer mm -hmm. with the uh, trucks on Friday night and the uh, any cars on Saturday night. And uh, but this is going to be um, on, the, the, I think it's the 20th of um, March, which I believe is this. Is that a Sunday? I, I don't have my calendar with me. I can look that up and see. But uh, now are they standalone? Or are they still racing with the trucks or how's that going to work? I haven't seen the. Tell you, I to be honest with you, I haven't really seen the schedule yet because I've been so fixated on this NASCAR season starting and also the uh, NHRA guys. So I haven't even looked at the schedule for Texas. I just know it's coming up that weekend of the of the 20th or 21st, 22nd, whatever the date is. Yeah, well, we'll we'll find all that information out here and, and talk about it here in a little bit. But, 
Yeah, it just it reminded me of the truck season, how the trucks used to be. Remember the trucks would race at Daytona and then they would be off for like two or three weeks. And it's like you just no. get excited and then you're off. But they've changed that. Uh, one of the other things, too, with IndyCar really quick, since we were just talking about him at being at Texas, is uh, the news came out that especially because of everything going on in, in Russia now too, as well, but also just the supply chain issues going on. You know, IndyCar was getting ready to go to a hybrid engine and uh, that's been postponed now and pushed back to 2024 for that will happen with IndyCar. So interesting news, but you know, what do you, what are your thoughts on that, Mike? Oh, I think it's probably the best thing to do right now is to postpone that, you know, that way all the teams can keep, you know, functioning and not have anybody sitting out because they can't get the right parts or whatever that they need. I did want to mention, Don, that um, the Indy cars were at Texas this past week for a few days. There were some of the teams were doing tire tests, and the uh, rookies were there uh, doing the tests as well on the track, uh, kind of getting the feel of what it's like to drive on a fast oval like that. So uh, we had several teams there, and I understand that the testing went fairly well. They had amazing weather because it was gorgeous yesterday when they because it was I, I believe it was yesterday that they did it if not it was Wednesday but we had gorgeous weather both days so in fact I got sunburn outside walking but yeah I'm looking it's the expel 375 it's Sunday March 20th the and Jimmy Johnson of course will be there so this is the first time we'll get to see Jimmy at the in, in the IndyCar because Jimmy's racing everything this year um all the courses so yeah that'll be a Sunday when we have that so that'll be, that's interesting I, I, we've never been up there on a weekend when it's just IndyCar. Yeah, it's because we always had the trucks on one night, and, the, and this is going to be a daytime race, I believe. I think so. Again, I'm sorry. I should know this. I, I just have not had a chance to look at the, the schedule. I just know I need to be up there that weekend, and I've got plans to go. I just don't know when I need to be there. Well, you know what? I don't even see a time on here right now, so we'll just say it's going to happen sometime between midnight and – 11:55 p.m. <laughs> now you can go to I'm sure if you go to texasmotorspeedway.com they have the full race schedule up there and all the information about tickets and everything. Um, you can get to that at, uh, on my website if you're out looking around on my website I have a link where you can just click on Texas Motor Speedway and it'll take you right there and also you can Click on any car and it'll take you to the any car page as well. So you're just so convenient, Mike. Well, hey, yeah. Let's you want to talk about California a little bit. Yes. And let me start out really quick before we say anything else about winners or anything else. The winner of the weekend was the track. What a crowd. What an amazing crowd for California. Have not seen that in years at Fontana, if ever. I, I don't know. I mean, but packed stands. And, you know, Mike, I, I, I have to believe because there was a, there were several celebrities that had gone to oh, yeah. L.A. and they enjoyed L.A. and they were asking for tickets and passes and stuff to go to Fontana. So I have to believe, too, that there there had to have been a, a nice percentage of people that are new fans. I mean, you know, because of course there's going to be new fans. Of course there is. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you'd have to guess that a large percentage of, of folks there are new fans to the sport or people who had never been uh, to Fontana and maybe went to that L.A. Coliseum race yeah. and enjoyed it. And so now we go to Vegas. Vegas almost always has a good turnout, though, um, at Vegas. So we'll see. The carryover is, you know, I, I was a little you know skeptical on the last show we did because the NHRA drag races were there the previous week 
weekend or last weekend and um no the, i'm sorry the weekend before it was the weekend before that mm-hmm. and um they had a per- pretty poor crowd so but i think people are just ready to get out mm-hmm. you know, they've been cooped up and california's had a lot heavier restrictions on covid than we we have here in texas and around the different parts of the country and i think you know the weather was beautiful perfect day to get out watch them racing and then that that track you know is it's a fast track mm-hmm. and i think people wanted to come back they didn't have a race there in 2021 so it, you know it's been a whole whole year or so since people have been there and i think people were just ready to get out and see some good racing and that's pretty much what we had with some pretty interesting racing well i i agree and and you know what mike i mean maybe it's just me thinking this in my head but I think there's a lot of people that are coming to the races now that, again, maybe first time folks at the races, but have seen the steps, the moves, the the way that NASCAR and the things that have gone on in the last couple of years, how NASCAR has is trying all these different things to become more inclusive, to be even more fan friendly, uh, to open up the environment and how they went public with that. And it was on display so publicly, guys, you know, then guys like Bubba Wallace and other things. And I just think that the, the movement's there now. People are interested. You know, they've been hearing about all this. I know a lot of folks who are not racing fans at all that got hooked on Formula One from watching the Netflix special of the Formula One series on Netflix. So I'm going to assume that, you know, you've got this Bubba Wallace um, special on Netflix. You've got other things, you know, it's been in the news. I I mean, you know, call me crazy, but I I would think that some of that has got to play a part in this as well. And by the way, I watched episode one of the Bubba Wallace uh, uh, series on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any more. I'm going going to, but I, I tell you what, I liked what I saw, and it was a uh, very well done. Whoever put it together did a really good job, and I can't wait to see the next episode. Good, good. I'm glad that you that you yeah. got going in there. Well, all right, Mike. So we heard a little bit of, of stuff. Bubba was involved in some in some stuff there with Brad Keselowski and some others. Um, kind of struggled with his car throughout the day. Let's um let's touch base here about Fontana. We've got audio. Chase coming down to the to the well. Chase kind of had some some issues, and you know, you and I were talking off the air. It was Chase Elliott's car. I, I remember it was his car, and he was wanting it towed, but then and then they brought out the flat truck or whatever, but they couldn't get it to go up, and so all kinds of stuff that has to do with the towing, which was another ruling that came out this week. We're all over the place. This we're scattered here, but um let's let's touch base here. I know you have audio from Fontana's uh, or from Fontana where Chase Elliott uh, we get to hear his in car and what exactly he was thinking when it came to him and Kyle Larson. So we're going to hear that first. Then we're going to hear uh, in the same uh, audio, Jeff Andrews, the manager at Hendrick Motorsports, what he had to say and how they're going to inter- intervene in this. Then we'll hear uh, Kyle Larson's side of the story. So this ought to be an interesting. Here we go. Outside. Another one outside here. It's fucking broke again. Piece of shit, motherfucker. God damn it! Hey, it broke that right rear again. Oh. What the fuck is he doing, man? That was a dick move by him, for sure. I wasn't even fucking close. I mean, I'm like way, way outside. Next time, hold your wheel, turn left. 
Well, the first thing we'll do, Bob, is you know we talk. I talked to Chase, um, you know, after the race, and and I think we got to understand what those guys have been through um, all day long and, and where they had come back to, and uh, obviously to be in contention there for the win uh, late in the race. It's just a true testament to the, the great job that, that Alan and that entire team did to uh, to get that car back and have it competitive. And I think, uh, you know, certainly nothing intentional there um, by Kyle. And I, I think we'll go back, uh, no, we'll go back and, and we'll talk about it in our meetings um, tomorrow and Tuesday. And uh, we'll look at all the facts and we'll look at what happened and, and we'll talk about it as a company. And at the end of the day, we're gonna, as we always do, we'll do the right things for the company and, uh, and get ready to go to uh, Las Vegas in a good spot for, for really everybody. And uh, Chase, Chase said that the tow link bro broke the second time, but the spin looked, I mean, there, you could look at it and say, oh man, did he spin on purpose to bring out the caution? So I guess, is there any concerns on your end about any, any that he was just taking out some frustration there? Yeah, I don't believe he was taking out any frustration. He, he came on there pretty quickly after the contact with the wall and it was a very similar um, issue to the, that had happened to them earlier in the day with the bent toe link. And uh, that puts a bunch of uh, toe out in that in that right rear um, tire and wheel assembly and makes it very, very difficult to drive. So, um, you know, they were trying to, um, you know, stay out and, and, and finish as well as they could. And, um, you know, had the issue late in the race there, had to come in and uh, put a toe link on it. So. I didn't get through three and four very well. Joey did a good job on the bottom. And then you know, we were side drafting each other. And I'm, I'm not even looking in my mirror at that point because all I'm worried about is Joey. And, I'm looking out of my A-post window and I had a run so I went to peel off and as soon as I peeled off my spotter was yelling outside, outside, outside and uh, I had no clue he was even coming. So um, yeah, I mean I hate that I you know, ended his day after they worked so hard to, to get back to the lead lap and back in contention to win. And, um, but I mean it's just an honest mistake on probably both of our you know, faults. I should have had more awareness in my mirror. You know, my spotter could have told me he was coming with a big run and uh, we would have you know, avoid that mess. I would have probably not been side drafting on Joey as hard as I was. I'd have been more so protecting on Chase than worrying about Joey. But um, it just it happened, and, and I hate that it did. I know that they're upset, um, but we'll talk, and, and hopefully we'll get on get on the same page. I would never, you know, run into my teammate or block him that aggressively and that late on purpose. I honestly just told you guys my side of it, so um, I'm going to tell him exactly how I told you guys, and, and he'll take it for what it is. I'm. Either way, I'm sure he'll still be upset, you know, even you know, if we're on the same page or, or not. So um, it's just a conversation that we'll have, and, and we're both young, we both respect each other a lot, so uh, we'll both be racing for wins for many years to come. So um, I'm not too worried about it. I think if anything, it's probably a, a small bump in the road. I think if things happen more so in the future, then yes, it gets out of hand, but um, you know, Hendrick Motorsports, I don't think will ever let it get to that point. And, and like I said, we have enough respect for each other that um, I don't think it will get out of hand at all. And um, we'll just have a conversation and I'm sure he'll be fine. Like I said, he's gonna be upset, which he has a right to be, but I'll explain my side just like I explained it to you guys and um, he'll believe me or he won't. And there you go, Don. And you know, Chase gets a little uh, testy there, but I tell you, it's the pressure. It's the pressure these guys are under. I mean, the, you know, he wants to do well, and uh, not everybody's at the top of the standings that were there, that were at the standings uh, point standings last year. And we're seeing different people uh, rising to the top, and 
things happen and you know that's part of racing but i think a lot of it has to do is it's the pressure these guys are under right now boy can i guess what what might be chase elliott's favorite word or at least on race days Woo! <laughs> i need a like i you know i haven't paid attention in a long time to i used to sit and listen to the scanner over you know just constantly and flip back and forth when when junior used to race when dell jr used to race and, and that sounded like a dell jr um, yeah. audio honestly or tony stewart but <laughs> wow you know i i guess i always take chase as this quiet he, in my opinion he's kind of boring i mean you just you know he's just quiet and just just chase but that was a little animated. I kind of liked it. I'm like, yeah, get get a little feisty there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it is. It's racing, and I mean, it's going to happen. And you know, do yeah. I do I blame Kyle Larson? Do I think Kyle Larson was wrong in any way? No, he was racing Joey Logano. He was racing him hard, and uh, and then Daniel Suarez as well. I mean, Daniel was up there racing them there with like three or four laps to go. So you know, Chase. Um I mentioned the pressure and everything. I mean, you know, Kyle Larson, is this the be- the beginning of a, a run that he might go on, on 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 winning and stuff? This was his second win at uh, this track in the 17th of his career. And saw all the races he won last year, Don. I would not be surprised if he, you know, takes off. But uh, I just want to mention, you know, I'm looking at, the, I looked at the at the results and everything. I'm seeing, you know, Guys, Austin Dillon finishing second, Eric Jones third, Suarez, who we're going to hear from in just a second, finishing fourth, Logano fifth, Eric Amarola, sixth place finish. Mm-hmm. Great finish for him. Harvick uh, rebounds this week, finishes seventh, Kurt Busch eighth. But get this, Daniel Hemrick, ninth place finish for him, and then uh, tenth place, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So you look at the top ten, we got some guys that we're not – haven't seen in the top 10 in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, you know, guys over there, you've you've had good runs from Eric Jones and uh from uh, Ty Dillon, you know, both of them over there at, at Petty and I lo- like I told you last week, I'm loving it. And I think that if it continues like this, you're going to see the stands at even more tracks packed because I mean, this is what people have been wanting to see is you know, they want to see racing they want to know that when they come out to the track every week that it could be anybody's race you know and not just one of three teams in fact you know as we speak you and i are watching the truck race and i happen to have glanced over during audio and i'm like ah hell kyle bush is in this one well we already know it's gonna win i mean unless something happens uh you know usually kyle wins the races that he gets in uh, although we did just watch the onion who's racing uh uh, Todd Bodine is racing tonight, and he he just took a, took the truck for a little spin around there and hit the wall. So sure did. <laughs> but you know, yeah, we had you you mentioned Daniel Suarez. We also had you know Tyler Reddick was running really really well there for a while, but struggling, uh, struggling, and not with the car really itself, more with him, more with his body. Um, he kept losing feeling in his leg. Yeah. So let's hear what he had to say about that. Here's Tyler Reddick. Terrible feeling, like. Your leg goes to sleep, and like it's like right, it's like right where my glute is or whatever in the bottom of the seat, and just I, I can't like use the brakes because I don't know where the heck, I don't know how hard I'm pushing. Nothing. These cars are touchy on the brakes. So, so, so do you have to adjust your belt? Like, do you think is it the belts? Because I have no idea, legs, Bob. I I, uh, I, I loosened the belts up some, so I mean they shouldn't be too tight anymore, and it still was happening. So it's kind of a head scratcher. I gotta figure out why. It was still happening. I don't know. It's it's like I mean, what what was happening is it's, it's like uh, if you ever sit on your leg or have your you know 
sitting on the one leg or have it crossed or whatever. That's what it, whenever you stand up and like realize like it's just asleep, that's what it feels like. Did you ever get to a point where you thought you might not be able to keep going? I mean, it was. I was going to get a little worried if I hit the brakes and I like crashed and shit, but I mean, oh well, it's what it is. And by the way, Don, uh, in the last two interviews, we've heard the word Bob come up. That's our friend Bob Pockers from Fox Sports, and uh, courtesy of him, this this uh, video and audio that we got here. But that makes sense, what he's talking about. You know, you, you sit on your leg, and your leg goes to sleep. But, you know, when you're <laughs> racing a, a stock car at a, almost 200 miles an hour, you don't want your legs going to sleep, especially, you know, the one you're going to use to put on, on the brake. <laughs> exactly. I don't want anything falling asleep if I'm going that fast. You know, and he mentioned during the race, I heard him talking on his in-car, and they talked about it during the race. That he was saying during the off-season he had been lifting weights quite a bit, and he's he's bulked up a little bit. And he thought maybe it's just he's not yeah. fitting in his seat um, the right way or, or how he used to. And, you know, Mike, while he was talking and, and mentioning about it in his glute, it made me think, and I don't know if I've if I still have, but in my old car that I had in my the Mercedes that I had when I used to drive that down like or up to Dallas for the race or, or drive it uh, long distance that would happen to me and I would have to take like a towel or something and stuff it under my leg and it was just like the way my seat was angled or something and because I'm short it, it just I don't know I'd have to like have something under my leg in order to keep if not it would fall asleep. Yeah, I've had that happen before, different cars I've driven. Sometimes when I rent cars, sometimes a rental car, you're in a car you're not used to or don't know how to adjust the seat, and then that's happened before. But I think what's going to happen, they're going to get that fixed up, fixed this week before the uh, race on Sunday. Um, they'll make some adjustments in the seat. I'm sure they'll the practice session that they have on uh, Saturday, they'll be able to test it and see if it makes any difference um, with the feeling so he doesn't lose – you know, feeling in his leg, that's not what you want to want to have, you know, happen when you're running that fast. Yeah. Well, and, you know, people, again, we want to bring up the the age old argument of are these guys athletes? Tell me how many other guys in, in their sport? I mean, can you imagine LeBron James like having uh, his foot asleep and he's trying to run down the basketball court with his foot asleep or, you know, do no. And this happened early in the race. He started complaining about it early and he finished that entire race uh, with his leg doing that, going in and out of, of numbness and stuff, I would have, I would have parked it. I would have parked it as, because there's nothing worse than that. You know, when your foot's asleep, you get that yeah. tingly pins yeah. and needles. Pins and needle feeling. Yeah. Oh, and then you kind of get like a blood rush feeling. I don't know. It's just, it's not fun. So, uh, Tyler Reddick, I, I, you, you're the man for finishing and on that track too. I mean, that long bumpy, hard track and he did it the entire race. So, uh, good yeah. on him. We also talked about Daniel Suarez, you know, finishing up there. Uh, I think he went for a fourth place finish. Well, we, uh, we have some audio from him. Here's what Daniel had to say after the race last Sunday. I thought I had it. Um, I, uh, I got a little bit too tight. Uh, I thought I was going to be able to hold him off. I knew that if he was, I was gonna run high, he was gonna run low, and uh, and I just got too tight, man. I just I just didn't have enough. I feel like in the long run, I, w I was able to keep up with him, but in the short run, I just didn't have enough juice. And there you go, Don. Uh, so he just didn't feel like he quite had enough. But I tell you what, fourth place finish, second race of the season. We have not had 
Daniel up there in a long time. And get this, Don, he's after two races, he's 15th in the point standings right now. Nice. And I think he's just going to go up. I, I told you at the beginning of the season, I think Trackhouse Racing is definitely one of the teams to watch. They've put, they got a brand new shop, uh, state-of-the-art shop. It's amazing. They've been putting out all sorts of media and stuff throughout the offseason on it. You know, you've got this full involvement with Pitbull and others. I mean, the money's there. The funding's there. Daniel is talented. I mean, I pull for him. I pull for me, amigo. And I like the way he says roll because it's like he still rolls his R when he says roll. And it, it, it was just amazing. But and, and, you know, just just a little Daniel Suarez nugget. I always every time I hear him in an interview or anything, it just amazes me because I'll never forget when we first talked to him that he learned English from watching cartoons. Yeah, I mean, and, and he hasn't been speaking English for very long. You know, he's from Mexico and he's his English, I think, is great. And I think it's gotten a lot better, too. And he's never shied away from interviews. He's always been. You know how Some people may kind of shy away from it if they struggle with the language. And he's just, you know, he's there. I love him. He comes out with a sombrero. He's he's got the uh, his Daniel's amigos that go to all the tracks. They were there in California. You know, he told us at Texas that all the West Coast um, trips, you know, California, Phoenix and, and Texas, those are like his home track races because he'll have family and friends and stuff come up from Mexico uh, to watch and cheer him on. And he's got this huge fan base the uh daniel's amigos and they follow him with their drums and they're playing music it's great they're amazing i love it and uh i i just i love daniel suarez yeah he's a great guy and i tell you what if he keeps running like he's running right now i would not be surprised to see that car in victory lane in the next maybe three or four weeks because anything can happen and probably will (laughs) yep i agree but don you know let's uh, i mentioned the point standings let me run through uh, the points real quick, maybe the top 10. After two races, we have Austin Cindric in the lead. Uh, Joey Logano is second. Martin Truex is third. Ryan Blaney fourth. Get this, Chase Briscoe is fifth. And Eric Jones sixth in the point standings. That's just amazing. Um, yeah. Eric Amarola yeah. is uh, seventh. Kyle Larson, who won this last weekend, he's moved up to the eighth place. Bubba Wallace, ninth place. Bubba's in the top 10. And, and, Brad Keselowski is a 10th, so, uh, you know, the, the key is, well, can Bubba stay in the top 10? I think he can do do it, Don. I, they've got a good thing going on with that program right now. I'd say he's a driver you definitely want to watch. And let me just run through a few more surprises. Uh, we have Kyle and Kurt Busch in 11th and 12th. Stenhouse is 13th. Austin Dillon, who we're going to hear from in just a minute, is 14th. Suarez, as I mentioned a while ago, is 15th. Cole Custer is in 16th, Ty Dillon in 17th, 18th, Michael McDowell, Chase Elliott, 19th. That's a big shocker. Harvick, 20th. And then get this. I go down a little bit further. Alex Bowman, 25th. And and Denny Hamlin, 30th. Wow. William Byron, 33rd. So here's some guys that are way down in the standings. And I tell you, those are some guys are going to be hard charging this weekend in Vegas trying to get get up there and get a win or maybe a top five to get rebound. But those, some of those guys are going to have to rebound awfully quick or they're going to get behind and it's going to be hard to catch up. Well, and imagine not having some of those guys in the playoffs. I mean, uh, that would be 
That would be both good and bad. But <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. again, I'm always for new faces. So <laughs> yeah. two races, two different winners. I think we're going to have a third different winner this weekend when we go to Vegas, Dawn. And I'm, you know, we'll preview that here in a few minutes. But um, I like what I see right now. And, and my wife and I were talking about it a while ago before the show because we were trying to get our <laughs> fantasy racing league uh, lineup set and you know who do you go with and because the ones you normally would pick for vegas may not be there i mean some of these other guys with this level playing field that they have right now some of these guys that are right where they are right now like eric jones and eric amarola and chase briscoe these guys may be the guys you might want to pick are considered you know picking for the uh your fantasy racing league because uh, they're doing really well so far this year. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, so I know, you know, we talked to California. We When we previewed it, when we previewed Fontana last week, we talked about the fact that it's the oldest surface, track surface, that's being ran right now in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, it's a bumpy track surface. It's gritty. Wow. It eats up tires. Uh, um, and when it gets warm, it's, it gets slick and stuff. And you saw a lot of cars sli- uh, sliding all around during practice and during qualifying. Uh, not so much during the race. I mean, I thought that the racing, you know, was yeah. really good. But, oh, my God, I I, I got to go find the number. It was a record number of passes, passes for the lead and oh, stuff, yeah. too, especially for Fontana. I want to say it was like 30-something, um, if if I'm not mistaken. Here it is. Uh, the Wise Power 300 produced the third most lead changes, 32 in the NASCAR, <laughs> NASCAR Cup Series at Auto Club Speedway. Behind uh, 2014, there were 35 and 20. Uh, or 2008 there were 33 so the race also tied the it says the 2020 nascar cup series race for the six most green flag passes for the lead at auto club speedway speedway with 33 green flag pass lead changes so uh that's 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 an that's an amazing number there i know and it it gives me hope of maybe uh and again you know we'll see the Sunday at Vegas here, we're out on a cookie cutter track, uh, gives me hope of what we might be seeing on these miles, you know, or, uh, mile and a half tracks that sometimes get kind of boring. Um, if you've got passing like that on a two mile track, imagine what you may have on the mile and a half. So, um, and, and, you know, Vegas, Vegas is more, more so kind of, in fact, I think some of the cars or some of the teams are just taking the same car that they used in California. They're using in Vegas because, um, Vegas, while it's a mile and a half, it's a flat track. I mean, it's pretty flat. So um, I think you'll see, you know, see several teams that are using the same car. Um, but we did have some tire issues. We had, you know, some other issues. And I know that you said that um, Austin Dillon kind of touched base on that. And and I want to really quick, you know, you mentioned Bob Pachris, our good friend from Fox. You know, uh, most of the audio that we have, I'll be honest, um, comes from Bob. Um, I invite you, if you don't follow Bob on Twitter and Facebook, but definitely Twitter, to follow him. Because after the races, he puts up, and it's his cell phone video. I mean, he's right there getting cell phone video and it's i mean to me he gets the best stuff and and immediately puts it up there for everyone to see so uh we definitely want to give lots of props and shout outs to bob um, because we do use a lot of his audio and stuff that he posts up there we do use a lot of it so uh definitely want to make sure we give him his props yeah don he's one of the hardest working guys in the media center i mean he is works he's one of the first ones to get there in the, in the morning and one of the last ones at night to leave mm-hmm. he 
spends a lot of hours and is very dedicated to what he does. He loves what he does, and he's really good at what he does, too. Yeah, he is. And it's good to see him on Fox now, like actually getting TV time and stuff. I mean, I remember the days when Bob just was Bob Pockers from the computer, <laughs> you know, and you yeah. just read his stories. And now it's like you get to, you know, see his face, and he's doing he he's doing like little vignettes and, and all sorts of little feature things. So it's good to see him he, doing that. He's the one that's really worked his way up through the ranks. I mean, he was with some, I think, Scene Daily or Scene News or something earlier in his career, he also spent some time at ESPN doing some writing for them, some various other publications. But uh, now he's with Fox and doing a r- really great job. And he, guys like him and Dustin Long from NBC and Nate Ryan, there's there's a group of those guys that have been there for a while. But I tell you what, they all do a really good job, and and we really enjoy being there with them and watching them work and um, being part of part of the uh, media uh, crew because. We learn a lot from those those guys as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So let's hear from uh, what what you got from Austin Dillon, and and I, I know you said we've got lots of stuff from him. So uh... first audio is uh, he talks about the tires, and you know when the cars needed to be brought in, and I will let him kind of give his opinion here. But he uh, was pretty vocal this past uh, week. He was. Uh, interviewed or he did, he did a press conference media availability for the media i believe it was on wednesday so here's his uh here's austin Dillon and his views on uh, the tire situation at um, california and will it carry over to uh vegas here we go i mean i i think um you know it would really suck to injure race trying to miss a wreck and having to spin um, and having flats, I mean, I think that's not on the driver as much as the situation that he's in. I mean, he can do his best job to miss a wreck. Um, and, you know, there becomes a safety issue in that. If you know that um, if you spin out, your race is going to be done because you're going to have four flats and you're going to wait three laps to get towed, that, you know, I might just try and drive through the closest window I can to not turn the wheel and spin it out. And instead of, you know, trying to dodge someone or, you know, run into them. You're going to take whatever advantage you can not to, to spin out because you're going to be thinking about that in the back of your head eventually. Uh, so I think that's a problem we got we got to work on and got to get fixed. You know, I know in other forms of racing, you spin out, your, your day's pretty much done. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that we have 40 cars on the track in our form of racing. Um, and I think it's way more competitive throughout the field than other forms of racing. So when somebody's driving their heart out, spins out, and you're just trying to dodge that wreck, you shouldn't be penalized for that. Uh, so I do think that eventually we're going to have to find a fix for that. In the meantime, um, you know, it is what it is, and, and you have to try and do your best to, to miss wrecks without spinning and, and then also just drive around the track without spinning. There you go, Don. So uh, he brings up some good points. They're going to have to address that at some point, and I think uh, NASCAR will. Mm-hmm. It might take a few weeks, but um, well, we'll see some changes being made there, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He also talked about the bumps. You know, if you watch the race, two of the turns at Fontana were real bumpy. Well, when you go to Las Vegas, I believe it's turns three and four. There's a lot of bumps in those turns as well, and these cars had an issue Drivers had their hands full at Fontana, and uh, so here's what he thinks how it's going to play out in uh, Vegas this weekend. Here's his view on the bumps. Here we go. Yeah, you know, turn one and two at Vegas, um, high speed corner, 
and the bumps have always been something that you work on your car to get through um, to make speed. Uh, the faster your car can go through there without having like to unload and, and get the, the feel back in the front tires has always been kind of an issue that the person that kind of skips through them the best usually runs really well. So um, they're an entry issue, unlike last week, or it was an exit in- issue where you're kind of leaving the corner with wheel in the car. Uh, I, I mean, I think it could definitely be a problem and it'll be a challenging um, the stuff I've done on the simulator, it did, for some reason, it wasn't very upsetting uh, like it was at Fontana. The Fontana stuff was pretty accurate to our sim where we were busting loose across those bumps. And um, so I'm hoping that it's accurate again as, as far as the bumps in Vegas not being as much of a problem as they were in Fontana. So that's a very interesting take. Um, I had the wrong turns, and I apologize for that. <laughs> I was saying one and, two, one and two, or I don't know if it's – Anyway, I had the wrong ones, but he, he corrected me there. But um, but it does make a lot of sense. And it's interesting how they use the simulator mm-hmm. to try to get the feel and how accurate that those simulators are. That's what amazes me, how the technology and all this behind-the-scenes stuff in NASCAR, that all this technology that exists on is, is just – totally amazing i think you know i just think it's uh it just all it adds to the uh what makes this sport so great and what makes this sport so hard to win there's so much that goes into it it's just not putting four tires on the car gassing it up and taking it on the track there's so much science there's so much engineering behind this and look at how many engineers these some of these teams have and then the tests that, that they go through and all the you know science and everything that goes into it it's just truly remarkable i think you know i think no for sure i mean it it's definitely more than rednecks going around in a circle yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um well you know and and from austin dylan this is kind of a a good transition here of course austin the grandson of richard childress and richard was in the news this week him and rick hendrick and some others that were in the news dealing with Ukraine and the Russia, um, are we calling it conflict? Are we calling it war? Let's, I mean, shouldn't we just call it what it is? It's, it's not really, to me, conflict is like, like you're slapping somebody on the wrist. It's just like a conflict. Yeah. No, no, these, you know, it's, bastards are, yeah. I was going to say, you know, sons of bitches are just like attacking and killing people for no reason. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a war. Richard Childress donating him and avid hunter and, and outdoorsman and, uh, you know, for years, I mean, that's how him and Dylan Hart Sr. were best friends. Mm-hmm. It was their outdoor hunting and fishing and those kind of things. Um, and so he, he partnered with, and, and I don't have the name of it in front of me, but partnered with an ammunition company. And they're donating over a million rounds of am, uh, ammunition to Ukraine, which is huge. And yeah. and then Rick Hendrick, they will be racing this weekend in support of Ukraine. And I had the story up here. It was a little confusing, but they've, they've made quite a bit of money already, but they are going to be raising money basically based on laps led during the race here at Vegas. And they're going to donate money to Ukraine, looking that to where they could donate an upwards of $300,000 after this race. Um, and a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And, you know, Mike, I, I also had mentioned earlier to today to, to our good friend Chris Duell, I saw a picture, and I, I've got to go find it. I retweeted it out earlier in the week, and I need to find it, and I'll tag you in it. 
and then post on Facebook as well. But last week at California, there was a group of Ukrainian fans, race mm-hmm. fans, in the stands, and they showed the picture of them. You could see them almost down by the fence line with their Ukrainian flag. Um, and yeah. I think there was a little bit of a story behind it, too. But, yeah, they were uh, Ukrainian NASCAR fans. And so really cool to see. And I, I really like the fact that NASCAR is stepping up at, or, you know, some of these teams and stuff. And I think we'll see the whole, you know, honestly, I mean, as, as this goes on, I really think NASCAR always steps up to these things. So um, I think you're going to see them do more in the next, you know, few days or weeks to come, yeah. which hopefully it doesn't go keep going on that long. I really you know, it's 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 definitely heartbreaking for all of us um, to see. But uh, yeah, so basically, Hendrick organization will contribute um, two thousand dollars towards Ukraine relief for each lap led by the four car Hendrick Motorsports stable uh, this weekend at Las Vegas. If the team equals its total of one hundred and fifty laps led from last season's event, the additional contribution will be three hundred thousand dollars. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that is. And, you know, Mike, we'll stay on this. Yeah. The Ukraine, Russia thing. You know, I'm not a huge Formula One follower. Um, And I know, you know, you you kind of dabble here and there. But I I know um, you've gone to races and stuff there at Coda. I've covered uh, three or four Formula One races at the Circuit of the Americas. Right. Early on when they first started racing there in uh, 2012, 2013. 2014, 15, during that stretch. Well, what I do know about Formula One is I know that Haas, of course, Gene Haas, um, I know they're the only American team um, that runs in Formula One. And they actually happen to have a driver for their team. Well, first of all, let me back up. Formula One has canceled. They, They normally have the Russian Grand Prix, and they have canceled the Russian Grand Prix, not just for this year either. From what it said is it was right, it's, it's, canceled it's gone uh it, until further notice it, it there's no more so they've already gone and taken that off the schedule uh haas racing has a driver on their team by the name of nikita mazepin and my understanding i've gone and read up on him he's a younger driver and there's a lot of backlash i should say yeah. by fans in the sports and and the main reason not because he's russian has nothing really to do with that and formula one has come out and said look we're not gonna you know ban russian drivers or whatever it's up to the team but the fans are calling for haas to to drop him uh, and the reason is because he is a pay driver, which in Formula One is basically, you know, how normally a, a team will go out and they hire a driver and they pay the driver to drive for the team. Well, in this situation, this driver pays to drive the car. Um, so basically, he's bought his ride. And and by he's bought his ride, I should clarify that, no, not him. His father has bought his ride. And from what I understand, his father is one of the top Russian oligarchs there and very buddy buddy with Putin and so it kind of interesting because he's one of the ones that's had assets frozen and 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 things going on right now so I don't know if checks will be clearing (laughs) I sure hope they got the money in advance for the whole season for him but the fans are calling for him to be removed from that ride and I will tell you that I did see during the week Haas had gone. They must have. They must also have some sponsorship from some Russian um, companies or something because they were removing stuff off of the hauler and off of the car. I had seen that earlier in the week. As of us recording right now, he is still the driver for Haas. 
But again, lots of lots of uh, backlash from the fans because, you know, and, and that's what I was telling you earlier is I, I feel bad. I've seen this in, in sports and, you know, other sports right now, some tennis stars and stuff not being allowed yeah. to play and some soccer yeah. teams not being allowed to play. And, you know, Mike, on one hand, I really kind of feel bad because or for the, these Russian athletes, because, you know, a lot of them are very outspoken and, and are against this, um, which that's big on them to even be outspoken because you're asking for, you know, a shitstorm back home, yeah. either with your family or with you yourself. But I, in my opinion, I don't think they should be punished. Their crazy ass dictator has Napoleon complex and wants to take over everything. But in this situation, I can understand. And again, I mean, I'm sorry for Nikita, but your dad is a bad guy. Your dad is a no-no. And, and you know, your dad is, is all up in, in the, all that. And I, yeah, I don't think that he has a place. There's not a, I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't, I agree with the fans, I should say. Yeah. And I tell you, the, the, the loss of the uh, Russian Grand Prix is huge for Russia. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of people, as we know from the Circuit of the Americas, the Formula One race here in the United States, a lot of people come in from all over Europe, South America, and the, these people have money and they spend money. And so this is this is an opportunity for the Russian people to to make money and, and to profit heavily. And, and um, it's, a, it's a big deal to put on you know a race like this. So to not have it. Is huge, and a lot of people are going to lose out, you know, from your track workers and people that do jobs and, and rely on this. Um, this is going to be huge, and but I think they're making the right call by not going and doing the race, and we'll see how it plays out, and especially with this driver that we were that you were talking about. You know, I'm sure part of the reason why they remove stuff off the hauler and everything, they want to keep it. Uh, nobody sees names or anything because you know terrorism and vandalism and stuff like that happens a lot of times so well, and again you know formula one way more of course very yeah. international uh the drivers are you know from all over mm-hmm. and stuff and so sponsorship money and stuff comes from all over as well so before we get to our picks and stuff i, I don't know if you follow or 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 not uh tim pacman tim is a long time and and if you saw his face you'll know who he is he is a long time public relations guy and um he's worked with many teams in nascar tim is also an author and tim's going to be coming on our show um he's up in vegas right now and so we talked and i think next week we'll get him on the show he also uh him and a friend of his they they also do a podcast and stuff it's called uh pub table racers group (laughs) so basically it's just if we can talk racing and drink beer that's what we're going to do but tim is an author and tim has put out in the past he's put out a color book i believe uh yes in fact i'm looking at it right here let me find the 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 color book that he had was called funny Dan, the race car man. (laughs) And uh, so he had had that out and and won awards and stuff for it. But his new children's book is out and I have one on its way. um, Not only autographed by Tim, but autographed by the person who was the inspiration behind this. The name of the book is Petey, the pace car. And if, for anyone who has listened to this show long enough, they will know I have talked for years about my good friend, your good friend, Pete Troutman, official Pete, which Pete is no longer a NASCAR official anymore. He, he, God, he hasn't been a NASCAR official for a couple of years now, but he drives a hauler, not a hauler. He drives a, an RV for 
And I can't remember who it is. He used to drive it for Tony Stewart, I thought, but I can't remember who he drives for right now. Might be Alex Bowman, but I'm not okay. sure. I, I need to I need to get Pete on. I never could get Pete on the show because of him being an official for NASCAR. That was yeah. a no-no. But now we could yeah. probably do it. Um, yeah, we could probably get him on. But Petey the Pace Car, it was named, uh, it was inspired by Pete Troutman, official Pete. Uh, cool. <laughs> remember, he was the back end special or the rear end specialist, which was an inside joke with us, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, love it. So, anyway, I, I can't wait to get the book. It's a kid's book. And Pete is on Facebook. You can follow him there. Tim Pacman. Oh, I'm sorry, Pete. Pete's on Facebook, too, but Tim Pacman. You can follow him or, of course, uh, go and follow. Like I said they've got their um, their podcast and uh the pub table racers podcast um and 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 go follow him because you can buy the book they they did a big book signing deal and stuff and and so um if you want to get a great little racing book a little kid's book it looks it looks amazing and i'm i'm excited about it that sounds great i I haven't i don't i want to see this coloring book oh yeah the uh, dan the race car man (laughs) (laughs) i love i like the little names so yeah um i'm excited about that so um, we have one more audio from Austin Dillon we haven't heard. Oh, shoot. Heard. I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. We got talking about the your Ukrainian situation. Um, the, I mentioned earlier in the in the show about the point standings and the level playing field that it, it seems to exist right now This with this car. And, and Austin Dillon was asked about that. He had some interesting things to say about this playing field being leveled. So here's Austin Dillon and his take on the more level playing field this year. Here we go. I, I think the playing field uh, definitely has, you know, been leveled. You're going to see different guys perform at different tracks. I think throughout the year, the guys that have uh, tracks that they're good at are going to show up. Um, I, you know, I think the old car, there was so much of a aerodynamic um, balance that you had to have to be good on a consistent basis um, you kind of saw guys come have hit or miss runs on certain weekends and you had the guys that always performed and that, that, you know, this new car is, is going to level the playing field. That's what it was, it was kind of built for, you know, everyone's got pretty much the same stuff. Um, it's just how you assemble it. And then the setup choices you make going into the race. And there's a lot being learned at a high rate right now. So we're trying to take in all that data as best we can as, as, as our company can. And, um, make the the best decisions going into the race so that we can adjust and make our car a little bit better than the other guys. Cause I mean, we have the same stuff. It's, it's uh, you're buying everything parts wise from different manufacturers. You're, you're not really making anything. And Don right there, what he said there in, in that audio there is exactly what I was saying earlier about the point standings, the way they look right now, it, we're seeing the level playing field. I think going into Vegas this weekend on the Pennzoil 400, Races that'll be held on Sunday. I think we're going to see a more level playing field with guys that normally don't finish up in the in the front are going to be finishing up in the front. You know, top 10, 15 positions on the uh, on the uh, on the on the uh, track. So uh, I really think we're going to see some um, uh, new faces, and we might see a, a guy like Eric Jones or Suarez or even Bubba get the checkered flag this weekend at Vegas. Since it's Vegas, Mike. I want to get in the spirit of Vegas. And if, if you would oblige, I'll give you a few okay. of courtesy of Bet Online. 
I'll give you a few of the okay. odds, what the odds makers are saying. You know what? Here, why don't you, uh, let, let's do it this way. Let's make a game of it. Throw out a name and I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the odds are of them winning. Um, Kyle Busch. Uh, Kyle Busch is 12 to 1. What about Bubba Wallace? Bubba Wallace. Let me see. I just saw him. If Bubba Wallace is 100 to 1. Ooh, that'd be a good bet place because you know long shots come in my dad one time went to a horse race and bet a, there was a horse that was 99 to 1 and he bet that horse five dollars across the board and, and that horse won the race and he had pretty good amount of money nice you gotta take the gamble. sometimes yeah you gotta roll the dice <laughs> no pun intended huh? so here's what i want to do instead sometimes of you it's, <laughs> instead of you continuing to just say names i want you to give me first of all give me your pick and then i'll tell you what your picks odds are and that, and and we'll do it that way, okay? Okay. Well, you already I already gave you my pick for the for the race win. I'm going Kyle Busch. Okay, so twelve to one. First driver. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and go. I'm gonna go um, Eric Jones. Eric Jones as my uh, my dark horse. Eighteen to one. Okay. Uh-huh. And then my really really long shot is gonna be Bubba, in which you told me he was what hundred to one. Uh huh. Okay. Well, that's, that's funny because I at first I was going to do Eric Jones too, but I'll change that. So first, um, I was already going to pick this anyway. So I'll go Kyle Larson, who they the odds are he, uh, he's four to one to win. So um, I'll go Is Kyle Larson. Huh? He's got the best odds. Chase Elliott would be the next. Okay. My long shot. I'm going to go Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick is seven to one odds to win. But my really really long shot. I'm going to in the spirit of your father. I'm going now. Do I want to? Okay, all these guys have the same. There's, there's five guys that have the same odds. So I guess I got to pick out of those five which one I think has the best chance out of the five. So are I'm gonna. All, are they all one hundred to one? They are a thousand to one. A thousand. Uh huh. A thousand <laughs> to one. I'm gonna go Corey LaJoy. <laughs> thousand to one okay. odds. It's. I'll tell you. It's B.J. McLeod, Cody Ware, Corey LaJoy, Garrett Smithley, and Josh Balicki. Okay. So well, those are your thousand to I'll, one. I would say they are a thousand to one, but you, you know the way things go on the racetrack. You never know what could happen. And is there any rain, rain in the forecast? Not that I've seen. Probably not. <laughs> it's Vegas. I mean, does it? It rains there sometimes. But you know, I have seen. Um, I watched this lady. Okay, this is gonna. This is way inside information. People are gonna go. God, you're weird. But you know, I told you I've been doing like a little side hustle thing where you know, like I'm selling things on eBay and doing these things. And I watched yeah. this lady. <laughs> She's called the niche lady. Okay, mm. or or niche. I'm yeah. I'm with her. I say niche. But some people say niche. She she lives in Vegas, and so she like hits up the Goodwills, and she you just basically like she records her going to the Goodwills and and buying stuff that, she, and then she'll turn around and show you what she spent and how much she's made, you know, how much she made. But she was just talking actually this week about it's still cool there. It's still really cool that um, spring's around the corner, and and you know so she knows it'll start to get warm, but that it's still been relatively cool there. Like she's wearing sweaters and stuff, so I'm guessing it's probably in the fifties. I think she said it gets down into the 40s at night and it's like in the 50s and 60s during the day so so i i've been in vegas when but i've been there in december and it's it was pretty frigid i've seen it snow there when i was there i don't know you usually get pretty decent weather out there at the track yeah for the most part i don't recall any uh of all the cup races that we've had there truck and xfinity too i don't recall any rainouts or anything or any any kind of race that was affected by weather where it'd be a postponement or a 
cancellation or anything like that. Yeah, I don't either. And and I've been to that track a couple of times. And I tell you, I, I say this every year when we when we get there. To me, prettiest backdrop out of yeah. most of the, I think... I'm trying to think. I, I really want to say, at least all the tracks I've been to, it, to me, it just, with the mountains behind it, you usually get the flyover from one of the Air Force bases that's pretty close to there. And now it's Air Force base right across the highway. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a jail the, right there, too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one and exit the, away. <laughs> the, uh, Carol Shelby um, car uh, uh, museum is right there at the track, uh, outside the track. And they have the great drag strip in there as well the, with the four wide drag strip that. We're going to be visiting pretty soon. Uh, hey, uh, NHRA is off this weekend, Don. before we uh-huh. wrap it up here. They're off. They, they, they come back uh, the following week with the Gator Nationals. Wow, and, already. Uh, yeah, so we're, we get a little break from the drag racing, but we've had some good racing so far in the first couple races, and um, I'm looking forward to getting that going again and getting out to Texas Motor Speedway here in a few weeks for IndyCar and We'll get some drivers on here shortly, and we just got a lot going on right now. We do. We definitely do. You know, I was going to ask you, because our, uh, um, our good friend Elon Werner, who's a big PR guy there with uh, NHRA, with some of the teams and stuff, you you introduced me to uh, Elon. He put a story up that was in Dragzine, uh, is, is it Dragzine.com, um, about a rookie, is it uh, Camry Caruso? Yeah, that's the one I was telling you we need to get on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I was reading this story, amazing story about their family. Uh, the Caruso family racing and and her so yeah I would love to uh to have her on yeah we need to get her on she's uh she's one of these drivers that you're gonna keep an eye out for that will definitely be up and coming and um I think she once she gets the hang of it and gets gets her feet wet a little bit and gets some experience and more runs we're gonna see her getting some wins and she'll be uh it'll be interesting because Erica Enders is Kind of the only female right now in the pro stock class that's dominating that class, and it'd be great to see another female get in there and you know take her take her down or try to take her down. Erica is just a hell of a racer, doing really good this season so far. So a lot of excitement over there on the NHRA circuit. Ah, awesome. Well, yeah, I, I just I had seen that story. I went ahead and I shared it over on the Tracksmack Radio Facebook page site. I shared it there. So again, if you are not following us, uh, what the hell's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we are both on Facebook. I have I also have though a Tracksmack Radio page that I'll share a lot of stories and stuff out over there. Uh, Mike, do you have a my uh, race ASA page on Facebook? Yeah. I do. Yeah. I don't get a lot of traffic on the race book. Uh, I mean, the race book, the, the race day essay Facebook page, so to speak. I'm on Twitter at Mike Haig. Um, but I get a lot of traffic on my website, racedayessay.com for race day San Antonio. And uh, I get a lot of traffic there and the numbers have been great. And I thank everybody for coming and visiting and putting a lot of content up on the weekends. And soon I'll be writing more on my myself uh, when I get to the to the local tracks, there's a lot of things we're going to be focusing on and doing some food and drink uh, features and everything. And so, got a lot of plans. Just got to get it, got to get them out and get them done. Yeah, <laughs> you and me both. Jeez, I, I, I wish I, I, with all the plans that I have going for everything, I swear I've got too many irons in in the fire right now. So. Uh, right now, Mike, let's see, there's 30 to go in the truck race. Uh, okay. What's this guy doing? What happened? Were you watching? 
I just see somebody walking on the wall. So that must have been a pretty bad. Re- oh, he was yeah. turn spun his truck around. Yeah, he hit the hit the wall there, and uh, uh, C. Smith, who is that? Is that? Uh, can't remember the guy's first name. But Kyle Busch is second. Joe Hunter Nemechek. Uh-huh. Look at him in third place there. Uh, that's a kid that's going to do well again this season, and you know he's got Romco as one of the sponsors, a San Antonio-based company with Robert Mullins helping out. On the sponsorship over there, they sponsored him, and he won the race at Texas last year in the truck race there. Nice. And a lot of, a lot of good. Oh, yeah, there they showed the 99 truck getting spun and hit the wall there. Damn, he went halfway around the turn backwards <laughs> up against the wall. Did you see that? Yeah, he hit pretty hard. When it, In regards to the Facebook page and stuff, I'm also getting ready to – there's a way that now on, on that page, on that TrackSmack page, I can put our podcast there as well. So you can go straight to their click so you can listen through Facebook now as well to podcast. But we are uh, – I know we are up at iHeart. We're getting ready to be up on Amazon Music. Um, there's uh, several others that I know we're on. I know we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Tune um, in, I believe. Tune in. We're on Google. And the, and, uh, the Apple. Apple Podcast. And, and of course, iHeart. Um, so yeah. pretty much the big ones were there. And if not, we will be getting there uh, as soon as possible. So uh, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Sorry we are kind of scattered all over the place today. But just so much going on and trying to to – you know, these stories, Mike, especially with the stuff in the Ukraine and everything, it just changes daily. Um, Yeah, well, minute by minute minute sometimes as well. We've been all over the place here at the house. Uh, I I know I shared a post on Facebook, which, by the way, if you follow me on Facebook, please go and find the post. I shared it a couple of days ago or I created it. Uh, Craig, my husband, worked with two guys um, when he first came to the States here in 2016. He worked with two different guys on a farm in Kansas, both of them from Ukraine. Uh, Roman, one of the guys, still are now lives in the States. He got married, and, and so he's here with his wife in the States. Uh, but Vitale, uh, Vitale still is back in Ukraine and lives about, my understanding is about 175 miles uh, from Kiev, the capital city there. And so he's wow. he's far enough away right now that he's okay, but their biggest fear is missiles or, or bombings, you know, from the air. And so he's kind of touching base with us daily. But I went and created a post, tagged him and Roman in it, because even though Roman's here in the States, I imagine that's got to be even harder for him, though, his family and everybody there, and there's nothing he can really do. But I invite you guys just to go on and, you know, just sh- say a prayer, you know, share a prayer, a blessing, anything. I know Vitale uh, came on and he was so gracious and so grateful um, for everybody's, you know, well wishes and stuff. And so um, it, it just means a lot to them, I know, to to hear from you folks. So please, I invite you to come on there and, and, and just say, you know, say hello, say a little well wish. And, and I asked him, you know, to make sure to check in there with us, you know, every couple of days or whatnot, so we can make sure that him and his family are safe. So, um, Mike, any big plans for the weekend? Just going to watch a lot of racing on TV. So is this, okay, you're you're big, and, and before we go, I know Fat Tuesday was this week because you talked about your wife, like, made a big old spread, didn't she? Oh, yeah, we had homemade uh, gumbo and jambalaya, and we also had um, some uh, mini muffalata sandwiches and... We uh, 
We had it all. King cake. I was going to say, did you do a king's cake? Do y'all put the little baby in the king cake? No, because you put that in there and whoever gets it is supposed to host the next party. Oh, okay. Since we were, you know, right here down to the end here at Fat Tuesday or right at the cutoff, there's no no other parties now until next year. (laughs) We didn't do the baby. Now, when is, is Mardi Gras going on right now? No, it's over. Oh, okay, it's over. Okay. Yeah, that Tuesday's the last day. It, oh. it starts King's Day. Okay. Which is January sixth, and it leads up to Fat Tuesday. See, I don't know why I thought Fat. I thought it like Fat Tuesday kicked it off. I don't know why I no, thought Fat that. Fat Tuesday's the last day you party and everything before Ash Wednesday, which was this past Wednesday. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. You no. gotta be good. Okay. All right. Go Easter. <laughs> well, I, I've had King's Cake like once or twice, and that, that's some good stuff. That is some really good stuff. Oh, yeah. It's There's some like good, those little, good like, crystal sugar things on top. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good for you, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not so good for you. <laughs> Not so good for you. So, all right, Mike. Well, you enjoy your weekend. Um, those of you who have tuned in to listen, you guys enjoy your weekend as well. And uh, we look forward to talking with you next week when we will preview. God, where do we go after this? Do we go to Phoenix, I think, don't we? I think they're Phoenix. And then we go to Atlanta. Uh And then we come to Texas, I believe. Yeah, then they go to Coda. All right, guys. (laughs) Well, take care. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. And we will talk with you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.